Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. everybody you may already see that um this message is pretty much for white people uh people of color you are welcome to listen uh this is more along the lines of hopefully educating hopefully being educational for white people out there i had another episode 45 minute episode recorded But I will tell you, I recorded it, oh, about a week ago. And I was, I was, I was pretty turned up. I was pretty pissed off. And I realized that I needed to re-record this because um, I want to come from a place of compassion and kindness and education and not Megan pointing fingers and going, fuck all of you racist white people. I mean, I am thinking that too. Uh, But I'm hoping that we don't have any racist people, like blatantly racist people listening to this podcast because you've obviously missed the message. I am very pro-Black Lives Matter. I'm pro-Trans Lives Matter. LGBTQ all the way. Like, I am one of those people. Gay marriage is marriage. I am somebody that fully supports that if you are a consenting adult and you are doing things with other consenting adults and you are not hurting other people physically, mentally, or emotionally, guess what? Racism and homophobia and transphobia falls under the hurting people mentally and emotionally category I'm good with whatever you want to do like I have become so educated in various things that I would have like freaking 10 years completely judged people for doing and now I'm like wow I got some a very diverse group of friends and I, I don't mean like color of your skin diverse but like lifestyles and interests all sorts kind of things so I'm very fortunate in that aspect and if unless you've been living under a rock you know what's going on around the United States and around the world uh so far or last I knew all 50 states in the United States have had protests take place in them including my state And at least 18 countries, they've had protests as well. The protests going on right now, in case anybody didn't know, are it's a protest against racism and police brutality. So if you are unaware that racism is a problem in the United States, pick up a history book. Like, this has been a problem for over 400 years And just because the civil rights movement happened and a whole bunch of laws were repealed, that didn't stop racism from continuing to happen. 
in the United States. And what sparked the protests? And mind you, it was like the tipping point for all the bad, nasty shit that's been going on was that a white officer, uh, Derek Chauvin, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, knelt on an African-American's neck, a black man's neck. Uh, His name was George Floyd. And he knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes, killing him. There was no reason for it. No reason at all. Uh, George Floyd was handcuffed. He was not resisting arrest. He was crying out. He was saying he couldn't breathe. It was fucking ridiculous. And if you can't see that that was a problem without saying, well, George was on drugs or George had a a history or George had this or George... No, don't take it away and try to white-splain a a man's murder. Like, don't, don't try to. And, and let's, let's talk about white splaining. That is, that was a new, uh, a new term I introduced, uh, to some, some friends of mine recently, um, was white splaining. And we will go with, um, dictionary.com because that is super easy for you to look up on your own. I'm not going to link dictionary.com. White splaining is the act of a white person explaining topics to people of color, often in an obliviously condescending manner, and especially regarding race or injustice-related issues. I've seen a whole lot of white splaining going on, and I am frustrated, and I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to have conversations with people and just being stonewalled and just being like, why are you arguing with me? Why are you whatever? Why are you commenting on my stuff? I'm commenting because you're still on my Facebook and I haven't decided you're so racist that I need to delete you. Mind you, I have deleted about 20 people off my Facebook page because if you're blatantly racist and you've been like that forever... And nothing anybody says changes your fucking mind. I do not need you in my life. And I do not need that shit in my my force field. Nothing's going to change your mind. Nothing is going to change your mind. And I don't think it's fucking funny to post memes about running over protesters or shooting them. That's not funny. I don't... It's not funny. So, yes... That is what happened, and that is what sparked the protests. Now, let's start talking about protests. I've seen a lot, quite a few. I shouldn't say a lot. I have a lot of woke (laughs) Facebook friends. I also have a lot of black Facebook friends and uh, black um, friends of color. So, um, this is not from them. But I've seen a lot of... People, especially people from where I'm from, which I um, call the Great White North, not because I think it is great as an awesome, but great as in big, because it's a big expanse of land, tons of cows, more cows than people. And um, people up there tend to not be super op- open-minded because there's not a lot of diversity up there. People are more encouraged to hide their true nature 
and there are up i mean recently there have been more people of color living up there but before when i was a kid there wasn't a lot or at least i wasn't exposed to a lot and anyway so a lot of my facebook friends from up there have been posting things about how it's not okay for they keep speaking out about against vandalism and looting but they don't say anything about black lives matter and this is where the issue is so you can be pro protests and what the protests are about and mind you majority of the protests that have happened majority have been peaceful protests and be against looting and rioting I can understand that. I can understand that that train of thought. I don't condone looting and rioting myself, but I can understand what would make people so angry that they felt that that was the answer. Look at Minneapolis, for example. Look at how police in some areas where this erupts into violence handled it in the beginning. They're, they're meeting people with riot gear. They're tear gassing. They're shooting rubber bullets. They're being violent. Like all of these things are going on. For example, think of Minneapolis, where all this happened. If you think about Minneapolis, people were peacefully protesting in the beginning. And then they were met by police officers in riot gear and who tear gassed them and shot them with rubber bullets. Not only that... But instead of arresting the officer who killed George Floyd, they sent police officers to surround and protect his house. Pretty much to me, that means you, you, are, you are supporting his behavior. It took days for them to arrest him. And it took even more days for them to arrest the three police officers that stood by. So can, do I condone looting and vandalism? No, absolutely not. Um, can I understand why people would be so angry that that's what they turn to? Absolutely. Also, let's put this little note into it. It's not all black people that are doing this, especially recently. There have been more white people and white supremacists starting violence and looting and vandalism because they want to take away from the message of Black Lives Matter. They see it's working. They see that there are people out there who are saying you have negated the message of your movement because of these things. All right. Do you think that all are all bad police officers? Do you think all bad police officers represent all police officers? Do you say because there are a few bad police officers that all police officers are bad? Maybe you do. Maybe you're on that train of thought. But most people, and especially most people I see posting this, don't. And you can't say not all police officers are bad because of a few bad seeds, but yet say all protests are bad because of a few bad seeds. No, majority of protests are peaceful. And it's our First Amendment right to peacefully protest. Peaceful protests should not be met with riot gear, tear gas, freaking pepper spray, bullets. People should not be getting arrested for peacefully protesting. They should not be forced to kneel. They should not be getting the shit beat out of them. But that is happening. That is happening across the United States. It is our First Amendment right to protest. 
and white armed people, okay, white people with guns protested just a couple weeks ago about reopening the economy. Some of them were out there with signs like, I need a haircut. I want to golf. Some of these white people screamed and coughed in police officers' faces. Some of these white people screamed and coughed in medical workers' faces when the medical workers came out to do an anti-protest. You know what happened to these people? Not a fucking thing. Not a fucking thing. White armed people swarmed the Michigan State Capitol building. The legislatures inside had to wear bulletproof vests because they were afraid that they were going to get shot. And these people screamed in police officers' faces. What happened? Nothing. Do you not see the complete freaking difference here? Can you not see this? Black and, and some white. So... So black are, are uh, Black Lives Matter protesters, unarmed, unarmed, peacefully protesting about an actual like issue. Like, I'm sorry, Karen, but getting your haircut is not a legitimate issue. Um, I understand some people were protesting because they their businesses were failing and they needed their jobs back that's i'm not talking about those people i'm talking i'm talking about the pete fucking white people you saw i need a haircut i want to go golf it's my first amendment right to go get a manicure bitch please please um but mind you peaceful protesters are right now being met with right gear tear gas rubber bullets pepper spray. It's happening a lot. Um, there are a lot of posts on social media from people that have been there who literally have videotaped and said everything was good up until this point. And then here comes the police with all this shit. Uh, people getting hurt, people losing their eyes, uh, people dying. Like, and I understand police officers have gotten hurt and died too. I am not at all overlooking that. Uh, I've also seen uh, police officers run people over. And white people, angry, racist white people running people over, running protesters over. How dare they be inconvenienced by some protesters? And people will say, oh, they shouldn't be blocking the road. Okay, well, you remember these armed white protesters I talked about? They were blocking roads too. Really, they were. Look it up. Blocking roads. But nobody was talking about it like this. Nobody was talking about it like this. Nobody. I saw nobody posting about this shit. But now I see so many people who are posting about protests going on right now and how they shouldn't be allowed because isn't there a, isn't there rules against gatherings? Isn't there social distancing rules? Oh, where were those social distancing rules when armed white people were protesting all over the United States for a haircut and we were on, states were on a stay-at-home orders. So that was like no fucking going anywhere unless you have to. But these people were protesting. Did not see anybody. Not a single soul. I saw some people making fun of them. I saw some people pointing out the difference like this is white privilege because you know if these were black people, and now we're seeing it, it would be completely different. And it is. Look at how... Armed white protesters were handled compared to peaceful black protesters. 
they are handled 100% different. That is what we call white privilege. Let's talk about white privilege for a second. Mind you, I'm going to be linking up um, the stuff in the, in the show notes for you to be able to check it out yourself. And, you know, I'm going to have a lot of resources, a lot of resources, um, but white privilege. So I'm going to start with my definition of white privilege. So white privilege does not mean that you have never struggled in your life. It means the color of your skin is not the reason for your struggle. So this one is off of the Alberta Civil, Civil Liberties Research Center. And it says, the unquestioned and unearned set of advantages, entitlements, benefits, and choices bestowed upon people solely because they are white. Generally, white people who experience such privilege do so without being conscious of it. <clears throat> white arms people protesting all over the United States. So, I mean, people tend to, to just overlook that point and see the complete difference on how these things are being handled and how these things are being taken care of. And yeah, please, please tell me and, and DM me. I would love to have a conversation with you. If you honestly think that armed black protesters could have shown up and protested anywhere in the United States and been met the same way as armed white protesters. If, I mean, if you honestly believe that, I want to know. So, like I was saying, majority of protests are peaceful. You can be for peaceful protests, but against rioting and looting. However, I do understand why people, people, the people who are actually aren't white people and white supremacists, which again, very small portion of people would be so fucking frustrated with life that in everything going on in all of the aggressions and all of the racism and all of the systematic oppression that they have experienced that they're like, burn this motherfucker to the ground. I can understand that. I can wrap my head around that. But maybe you can't. I'm not asking you to. What I'm asking you to is stop saying you don't support protests because of looting and vandalism and violence as if that's all protests. And if and, and I would love for you to explain to me exactly how you expect Black Lives Matter supporters to protest because the same people I've seen complaining about these protests were complaining about Kaepernick kneeling were complaining about all sorts of kind of things that happen complaining when black people would win awards and, and bring black lives matter into it and say, this is not the place. Where is the price? You don't want roads blocked. You don't want roads back. We got that. Uh, you, uh, do not think it is okay for them to inconvenience you in any way with a protest. So what are they supposed to do? Are they just supposed to stand on the, the street corner with their signs and be like, quietly standing there so it doesn't bother you, it's not too noisy? I'm just wondering. I, I've, I'll have a conversation with you about this. I got no issue. I've come down off of my pissiness 
and am willing to have conversations. And I've tried. I've tried to have conversations on social media with people. Tried to come at kindly. Tried to show a different point of view and have gotten shut down every single time. Gotten shut down every time, single time. Said I was, I was being argumentative. I, um, that's not what they meant. I'm like, I didn't accuse anybody of anything. I haven't said your white privilege is showing, even though I've wanted to say that. I've not said, hey, Karen, even though I've wanted to say that. Well, let's talk about Karen. Let's talk about Karen real quick. Um, what is a Karen? What is a Karen? What does Karen mean? This is from dictionary.com too. Karen is a mocking slang for a term, or, or uh, mocking slang term for an entitled, entitled obnoxious, middle-aged white woman. Especially as featured in memes, Karen is generally stereotyped as having a blonde bob haircut, asking to speak to retail and restaurant managers to voice complaints and make or make demands, and being nagging, and often often is a divorced mother of Generation X. So when people call people Karens, it's mainly because they're complaining and and their white their white fragility is is showing. Uh, and we'll cover white fragility in a second. Um, Karen is like the lady who was in Central Park and called the police officers on an African-American man who asked her to please put her dog on a leash because that is the rules in the park. And she said, I'm going to call the police and say an African-American man is threatening me. She came close to him and he said, please don't touch me. Please back up. Please leave me alone. Like, please. Like, he was recording all this because, I mean, he knows. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was possible. Uh, her name was Amy Cooper. And um, nothing happened. She, as far as I know, she hasn't been charged with anything, which I think she should be charged with filing, filing a false police report. But, yeah. When people call people Karens, it's because... Their white privilege is showing. Their white fragility. Because, you know, and they got to complain about every little thing. It's like, I have this power. I have this privilege. So let's talk about white fragility for a minute. This is, I'll link this up in the show notes. And this is from Robin D'Angelo, who also wrote the book, White Fragility. Um, and this is from the International Journal of Critical Pedagogy. Robin says, white fragility is a state in which even the, a minimal amount of racial stress becomes intolerable, triggering a range of defensive moves. These moves include outward display of emotions such as anger, fear, guilt, and behavior such as argumentation, silence, leaving the stress-inducing situation. I have seen this on social media so much lately. Where somebody will post something and they will be called out often by people of color that they are friends with on Facebook and they will get defensive and they will get argumentative and they will do all those things. And let me tell you something, when people of color speak up and say something to you, you listen, you don't argue, you don't get defensive. They are saying something to you. They are using emotional labor. They are experiencing emotional labor. Let's look that one up too. They're experiencing emotional labor to explain to you 
your their friends, somebody they consider a friend or somebody they admire, they're explaining this to you and you're shutting them down because you're triggered because you're white fragility. That is what's going on. That is what's going on. Like, it, it, it is. Emotional labor, according to Wikipedia, and again, Wikipedia is not something I'm going to link up because you can easily look it up, is the process of managing feelings and emotions to fulfill the emotional requirements of a job. So when it comes to people of color trying to educate white people, it emotionally drains them. It actually, like, can, like, physically hurt, like, hurt them. So when people of color speak up, you listen. If you feel that you need to be defensive and argumentative, you have to ask yourself why. You have to ask yourself Why am I feeling this way? There's something going on inside of you, which may very well be, I feel like I did something wrong. And maybe you did do something wrong. And if, probably if you're being called out, you did do something that they find offensive. And you can't argue with somebody about, hey, I find this offensive. You cannot, I I should say, you can't argue with somebody of color who says this is race, racist or this is offensive to me. You can't be like, no, it's not. It doesn't offend me. I'm sorry. You're white. They're black. What offends them and what they find offensive and racist, you may not because of the color of your skin. Because you haven't had those experiences. You need to listen up. And educate. And educate yourselves. Um, there's so many and I linked so many things up in the show notes. There's podcasts you can listen to. Uh, I linked up social justice people or social justice um, social media accounts that you can follow. I linked up White Fragility, the book. Also, How to Be an Anti-Racist, the book. There's all, tons. There's so many things that you can find. And now, if anything I'm saying you find offensive or you think is out of line, please feel free to reach out to me uh, via DM, uh, the Inspired Women podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm willing to have a conversation with you unless you want to attack me or you want to use words like libtard, sheep, uh, oh, snowflake, snowflake's another one. Yeah. I've been trying to have conversations with people on social media. I said this before and it's not working. But we cannot judge protesters by looters and vandals. Just like we cannot judge police officers by the bad police officers. Police brutality is not okay. I already, we already talked about racism, how it has a 400-year history. Look it up. Let's talk about police brutality. Who has had police brutality has been going on for over a hundred years. We're talking about like since there was like a set police force. I mean, there were people in charge previous to that that obviously had brutality too, but it was set up a different way. Police brutality is alive and well 
It happens often. It happens to all people of all races. It does happen disproportionately to people of color. And what do I mean by disproportionately? So they are a certain percentage of the population. And compared to the percentage of the population, they should be, should not be experiencing as high. That's what, that's what I mean. Um, I hope that makes sense. So say they are 25% of the population and white people are 80% of the population. So they're black people are 25% of the population. These are not the real numbers. Okay. I'm not looking up the real numbers. They are out there. You can look them up. So say this is how I'm explaining dis disproportionately. Say they're 25% of the population, but they experience 15% of, of the um, police brutality. And white people are 80% of the population, but they experience 25% or 20% of the police brutality. That doesn't add up because if you think out of 25%, 15%, there's only 10% that aren't, right? But if you think of 80% and only 20%, there's 40% that aren't. Again, not the real numbers. Look it up. I'm just I'm just sharing how dis what disproportionate means. And that's what it means. So even though people will argue, white people are, and mind you, if you're going to argue this, why are you not out there protesting police brutality? If you're going to say white people have experienced police brutality um, at in like um, in a higher number than black people, why aren't, why aren't you out there protesting police brutality? If you are aware that's an issue, you need to be out there protesting too. Um because it's not just about racism. And why aren't you protesting raci ra racism? Why? Why is that not something that you're going to protest? Um, so, anyways. Police brutality is a thing. It does disproportionately affect black people and people of color. So... We need to, it's going on today. It, I, I've already talked about this. I've already talked about peaceful protests being met with police brutality. It's happening right now. It's happening today. And not only do we need to speak up against police brutality and racism, we need to, instead of, so I see a lot of friends on Facebook posting about the police that are, police lives matter, thin blue line, all this stuff. I support my law enforcement officers. Look at these law enforcement officers that have died or been like hurt. But do not say a fucking thing about police brutality, racism, Black Lives Matter. None of that. None of that. Don't say a word. You have to be speaking up just as loud about the other issues. You have to. If you support good police officers, you need to be speaking up against police brutality. They need to be speaking up against police brutality. I applaud every police officer I've seen speak up against police brutality. Stand up against police brutality. Lose their jobs because they're standing up against police brutality. Because that is what should be happening. And we do need reform. We do need, we do need reform. We need reform because things cannot be happening as they are. And I'm going to link up 
reform, I am going to link up a reform campaign that is going on right now. And I did not pull it up before I got on here. And I don't want to like mess this up by pulling, pulling it up. Um, it's eight can't wait. That's what I was thinking. Eight can't wait. Uh, campaign eight can't wait. Eight can't wait. So eight can't wait is eight different, eight different, uh, reforms, eight different things that need to happen actions that need to happen to help reform the police force. All of them need to happen. Not just one. You don't have to pick one. All of them. And I'm going to leak up the, uh, the, the link in the show notes so you can check it out as well and help petition for this to happen because it needs to be done. Uh, let's also talk about, so I got in a, not an argument. I had a conversation with a lady on Facebook. She had commented on our friend of mine's post and usually I don't have conversations with strangers anymore because it just costs me so much energy but she was so misinformed about Black Lives Matter that I really needed to correct that and she said uh, I was telling one girl you know I don't support Black Lives Matter because they want to get rid of police blah 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 and of course and she's like look on their website of course I look on their website I've seen it before and I'm like what is she talking about and she was talking about defunding. They have a, they have a, um, a petition to defund the police. And so then I was like, okay, let me look up what defunding the police means. Because I feel like, you know, you can't just, you can't just be like, Oh, they're, they want to get rid of the police. I always, I always dig deeper, right? I always want to know. Because if they wanted to get rid of the police, they would have said get rid of the police. They wouldn't have said defunding. So I was just like, mm, okay. So I'm going to link this Rolling Stone uh, article that I found that I also explained to her. Um, and this is what defunding. So defunding the police does not mean stripping a department entirely of its budget or abolishing it altogether. It just it's just about scaling police budgets back and reallocating those resources to other agencies. And they explain this. And I was listening to a podcast. Um, so a few podcasts that I would recommend, and I have linked in the show notes, um, of people of color from people of color is Pod Save the People. Code switch by NPR, and that's not how that works. Please check these out. That not that's not how that works is on a um on a sabbatical until September. But they their last episode literally they broke down all the episodes they think people should should watch. So when it means uh, reallocating, they want to reallocate it to things in the community that can help. So there are certain things that police just should not have to deal with, right? Homelessness. Um, mental health issues, um, drug addiction. Like those are things that, I mean, that's just, that's just taking their time and energy to do things they're really not qualified for. So they want to reallocate some money to organizations and community, um, community support functions like homeless shelters and, um, mental health professionals and, um, 
addiction specialists, like those kind of people that can help to mitigate a lot of these things and a lot of these issues. But they don't normally have enough funding, so they really can't. So if you take some of the funding from the police and you put it in these organizations, then they can take a lot of this pressure for the police to do things that aren't their job and focus on the things that are their job. So I'm all for that. I really am all for that. Uh, what was it? Oh, so we're talking about Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter. I see a lot of people saying All Lives Matter. That is offensive. And let's talk about why that is offensive. Nobody is saying that all lives don't matter. Nobody's saying that. By saying Black Lives Matter, that does not take away from all lives mattering. Does not. It means Black Lives Matter too. It means right now our black brothers and sisters are struggling. Right now they're experiencing hurt and we need to support them. Sort of kind of like we say save the whales. That doesn't mean fuck other mammals. Or we say save the rainforest. That doesn't mean fuck all the other forests. Uh, somebody explained it like this. So imagine if Bob goes out to dinner with his friends. And all of Bob's friends get their dinner, but Bob doesn't get his dinner. And Bob goes, I'm hungry. I would like my dinner. And his friend goes, we're all hungry. How would that make any sense? Bob is the one without the dinner. Wouldn't you want to help Bob get some dinner? I think you would want to help Bob get some dinner. I mean, I would hope. I would hope you would want to help Bob get some dinner. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it is, it is very, very offensive. For you to say all lives matter because nobody's saying all lives don't matter right now we're focusing on black lives right now we're focusing on what black lives are going through this is a good one I, and, and this is off facebook it's been going around so i really can't attribute it to the original poster because people have like you know like stolen it and posted it so many times we said black lives matter never said only Black Lives Matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with Black Lives Matter for Black lives are in danger. Black lives are in danger, y'all. Uh, so here's a few things. Let's talk about reverse racism, okay? Jesus Christ. I had a, I had a girl on my Facebook who's married to a black man, by the way, and says, well, black people can be racist too. No, they can't. Let's start with the definition. Let's start before we get to this article that I pulled up. Let's uh, let's start with the definition. And she even shared this definition, but she missed a very critical part of this definition. Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. So that, that is the differentiating, the very end, based on the belief that one's own race is superior. You have to ha be the, the race in power for this to be a thing. And in America... 
That does not work the opposite way. So let's, this is from, again, the Alberta Civil Liberties Research Center. I'm going to link up like the website so you can check out these things. They have a lot of different things. They have what is racism, anti, or what is anti-racism, what is anti-racism defined, race, racialization, whiteness, white privilege, what is racism, forms of racism, like all the things, all the things. All the things. So they even say in this article, people of color can have racial prejudice, which according to them refers to a set of discriminatory or derogatory attitudes based on assumptions deriving from perceptions about race and or skin color. So people of color can have racial prejudice against white people, but racism is not the same as racial prejudice. So reverse racism is a myth because it tries to ignore the fundamental question of who holds more power and privilege between individual groups involved. The myth of reverse racism assumes that racism occurs on a so-called level playing field. But we are not on a level playing field, ladies and gentlemen. We have not been on a level playing field for 400 years. Let's just look at who our legislatures are. Majority of our legislatures are straight, white, cisgendered males. So try to tell me when 50% of our, practically 50% of our population are female, and we don't even have that kind of representation, but also that there's a certain percentage of our population that are Latino, that are black, that are indigenous. And we don't have enough of those people on there either. So it's not. It's the system is fundamentally fucked and it does not represent everybody. So that is that is reverse racism. I'm trying to look up all the things I, I brought up. Oh, white tears. So let's talk about white tears. And this is from NPR. Um, the the phrase has been used to gently tease white people who get upset at things they think threaten their white privilege. Yeah. You ever seen that happen? Try Amy Cooper. Remember us talking about Amy Cooper who called the police on the black man in Central Park? Her crying to the police. This black man attacked me even though he didn't lay a fucking finger on her. Yeah. Those are white tears. Like, we we have to. We have to be aware. One, we have to be aware of our racial biases and our racial prejudice. If you are white and you are listening to it, you have them. You do. doesn't matter how much work you do. And you have to do the work. You can't just sit by and be like, I'm not racist. If you have to put I'm not racist in a comment or a post, you really need to check why you have to put that because something you're saying is not right if you have to defend yourself you know something you're saying is not right either you need to rewrite it or you need to just not say it at all and I have them too I actually made and I'll link I guess I'll link that up in the show notes too I really don't because it's kind of embarrassing um I made a video and it was titled, hi, my name's Megan and I used to be a racist. 
and it talked all about my upbringing and the things I experienced and the things I did that were racist and trust me it's just a very small tip of the iceberg thing I've there is way more to there's way more underneath but I was not going to about to go on for an hour um with my whole story so yes I used to be a racist I had to do the work I had to real I have to even today realize my racial biases realize my racial prejudice and work on it I'll never be I will never be free from it ever I was I was brought up I I, I live in white skin I, I was brought up in a racist area I I'm just never going to be rid of it. We, we all have racial biases and we need to educate ourselves. And I highly, highly encourage. So these three steps, one, listen, we already talked about listening to people of color, not arguing or being defensive when they talk to you, just listening. Two, educating yourself, educating yourself on anti-racism and how to be an ally and you know what all of this means. And three, Speaking out and speaking up against the things that are going wrong in our society and not being afraid. I used to be so afraid. I'm like, I will just keep scrolling. I'm not going to say anything. And I say, you know what? If I come at people kindly from a different perspective, if they can't handle that, fuck them. Like, fuck them. Like, they can't. If they come under my comment and my my posts all defensive and I respond to them in a kind manner and they can't handle that, fuck them. I don't care. If if you are offended by this podcast episode and you want to no longer follow this podcast, fuck you too. Like I don't, that might be offensive to you. I don't care. I'm not afraid of hurting people's feelings anymore because there are certain things in life that I just will not tolerate. Racism is one of them. And right now, black people in the United States are saying enough is enough. 400 years of shit is not okay. We need change. It's 2020, man. We should not be still having these same protests about the same shit. And did the civil rights movement uh, and, and protests, and mind you, please stop posting shit about, look at Martin Luther King Jr. protesting peacefully. And then forget the picture like that happened a little while later where he's getting the shit beat at him or forget that he was assassinated like let's not forget those nasty parts of history too like let's not think that how that what he said and did was not offensive like according um to articles back when he it was his day and age he was one of the most hated people in the united states so let's not, like, even his daughter said that. His I follow his daughter on Twitter, and his do- daughter said that. She was just like, let's not get this twisted. Y'all, the people back then did not love my father. She's like, and, and don't tell me he, that, oh, look at him in a suit and all these people walking so peacefully. She's like, they got the shit beat on. So, my father was assassinated. Like, don't play me like that. Like, don't play me like that. So let's, let's not, let's not. But this, you know, the civil rights movement did get things accomplished. It didn't get enough accomplished. And so here we are in 2020 having the same conversations because shit is still happening. Racism is still alive and well in the United States. If you doubt that, I will, I will, you, you DM me. And next time I find 
the next racist motherfucker post with all the racist people commenting or the next post I see where it's screenshot somebody saying racist shit, I will be more than glad to share it with you. Like, please do not try to tell me that racism is not alive and well or try to tell me it's just one or two incidences. It is consistent. It is all the time. It is going on day in and day out, even if you do not hear from about it on the news. Mind you, right now on the news, you are not hearing all about peaceful protests because why? That does not get ratings. Division gets ratings. That's what gets ratings. But don't tell me that these protests should not be happening because they are dividing the country. No, they need to happen. Something needs to happen because you know what? People tried to peacefully, like, kneel. They tried to peacefully kneel and people were like, no, you're being disrespectful. They tried to peacefully say in their acceptance speech at the Grammys, like the Black Lives Matter. No, that's not appropriate. It's not the, the appropriate platform. Tell me when the appro- where the pr- appropriate platform is to speak out and stop saying, oh, people need to vote. People are voting. It doesn't make a difference. The, the system is fucked. It's, it's, it is fundamental, fundamentally fucked and it needs to change. So I hope this was educational. This was a lot better and a lot calmer than the one I did before. I feel like this is more educational than the one that I did before. So I really hope if you found any sort of profound information, please share this out. If you think that you have white people in your life that need to hear it, please share this out. Like I'm really doing this not to get kudos Megan I'm so proud of you for speaking out no I don't need that what I need is because I am a white person I have privilege I need to use that privilege to speak out against atrocities like the shit that's going on right now in the United States that's what I need to do and that's what I'm gonna I need to do and so I'm doing it here it is here's my platform here's my words here's what's going on so I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I will talk to you later oh if they're Say there's still people of color listening or you know people of color or people in the LGBT women because this is the Inspired Women podcast. So women of color or women in the LGBTQ community that um, have experiencing um, marginalization or discrimination and would like to share their story. I would love to have them come on. They do not need to apply. All they need to do is message me and I will get them on. I will fill up some spots on the pod, like the empty, you know, how I'm only doing every other week. I'll fill up some of those every other weeks with these episodes because I feel like I have a platform. I need to use it to have people, to amplify people's voices. What else is this platform for? All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.